Welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show. I am your host, Bob Wallenspiel, hanging out with Randy Walker. We are your insight into the Detroit tech scene. Our guest this week, Ryan Angot, son of a 40 patent holding serial entrepreneur. He has ventured off on his own, created a little thing called Laplock. We're going to dive in, see how that came about and uh, what he's up to. And, and, and uh, I guess, how do we find the product? You can find us online, IT in the d.com and do us a favor give us a like on the socials subscribe to us everywhere find podcasts are sold don't forget check out meetup.com slash it where we're gonna be we're gonna be at nancy whiskey drinking tell them and cheap beer uh probably on the patio unless it's raining um actually they got a little cover so we'll probably be under both but um definitely it's gonna be uh thursday in a couple weeks um that's the 21st 21st from five till question mark and uh, no speakers, no sponsors, just a bunch of IT folks talking shop. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. I'm great. Appreciate. It. Thanks for having me uh, on the show. No, absolutely. When you reached out to me, it's funny. I recognized your name and you were like, hey, you know, I'm starting this new thing. And I'm like, I know that name. And then when you we finally got on video, we we're like, yep, I we went to lunch like six, seven years ago. Yeah. It's, uh, funny how small this Detroit tech scene is. How are yep. they doing? Everybody treating you all right? So far, so good. You don't see uh, the war wounds all over my body from doing a startup here, but uh, they're there underneath the shirt. And, you know, uh, but no, everything's great. Couldn't be happier. I thought it was from the fireworks from yesterday. You, you know, I, I tell you, I'm looking at the screen compared to my white background. I, I look like I got scalded over the weekend. I did get some sun. That's for damn sure. You are I mean, a little it was 90 degrees. It was a great weekend in Detroit. I had a ball, but we did, you know, fireworks, pool, played some golf, and, you know, I got to watch out for the skin cancer, but I'm I doing okay. Pool day at one house, pool day at another house, and pool day in our neighborhood. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty much me and White Claws and uh, plain, and, you know, cheap hot dogs and plain potato chips. That's what I was telling Randy. It's the only time all year I will eat like ballpark hot dogs and cheap potato, oh, yeah. like plain Lay's. <laughs> and just like I'm like the happiest kid in the world, just you know that's that and Pap's blue ribbon and and yep. you know what did I that's call it? Uh, Award winning beer, cheap hot dogs, soggy chips. It's it's that's America. Right. Um, right. So Laplock, I, I kind of you know when you sent it over to me, I kind of sniffed around, and you know we've all went to the coffee shop and to the, the you know open up our laptop or even even at work in a public you know public areas and. Mm-hmm. I guess how many times did you get your laptop stolen before you decided I got to do something about this? Yeah, I haven't gotten mine stolen, knock on wood, yet. Unfortunately, never. Hopefully, never will with this uh, little widget we've invented. Um, but that was the real issue, Bob. Is that um, being remote? You know, I've been remote for about seven years before COVID. Probably like maybe you guys have as well. I'm not sure, but. Um, you know, I found myself at the Starbucks, at Panera, in between appointments, kind of running around, and I'd be working, and it'd be loud in Starbucks. Starbucks is really, if you're just in Starbucks, it's so loud, like the coffee machines, and it's not a like a, you know, it's not a quiet environment, and my phone would go off, and I'd go outside to take a call because it was quiet, or I'd have to use the restroom for a couple seconds, and on and on and on, and I knew as a good security practitioner working for silence at the time, now BlackBerry, that uh, it was actually a fireball offense if my laptop got stolen out of my negligence. I read really? that and I go, whoa. 
I better stop being so lackadaisical leaving this thing out for three, five, 10 minutes at a time because I didn't want to pack it all up and I'd want to go outside and take my car. Eh, it's low risk, but and unfortunately well, it never happened to me. If you knew you were going to get fired and if you got your laptop stolen, who in their right mind would say I was a dipshit? Well, would exactly. You, say you had it in your trunk and someone stole your car. It, I'm just exactly. Saying. Exactly. Um, but you know, you know how far they could take it if they want to pull a video from the place. Who the heck knows? Right. But it was just like a whoa, companies are taking this more serious, the level of sensitive data, let alone the cost, the hassle, you know, data privacy laws. In fact, I've known at at the blues before, I've got a, a very close family relationship at the blues that um you know, there was a laptop stolen out of a car with like 10,000 patient records on it. And it cost the company, you know, millions of dollars and a huge headache. So that stuff does happen. Um, and statistically, I found out after kind of the light bulb went off, like there's a problem here that uh, there's a laptop loss or stolen every 53 seconds in the U.S. It costs U.S. businesses $6 billion in annual loss. And then the, the I mean, data. I don't think it's about the laptop. I think it's the data that's on it, right? It is. And, you know, the bigger companies like Quicken Loans or the Blues or, you know, whomever have usually full disk encryption. Most of the time data is backed up, um, but it depends. You don't always know. I mean, I've talked to other insurance carriers I've done business with. They go, yeah, we we think it's got full disk encryption. <laughs> there may be an outlier. And if you don't know 100%, which is really hard when you have tens of thousands of assets, there's a risk and you have to investigate that risk. Yep. So... Data is definitely part of the component. No, absolutely. So I'm looking at this thing, and I, like I said, I, I, you know, I always look and see how I break things. And basically, how this thing works is you have a little, almost looks like in your grandpa's old garage, right? He's got the little clamp, and uh, yeah, then you're basically clamping it to the table, and you got a little adhesive on the bottom of the laptop, and you got a little arm that kind of connects to the clamp. So when you got to use a restroom, you kind of, I'm just looking at this going like, how. Is there a key for the clamp? Does it, I guess, to walk me through how it works, then I'm going to ask my dumb question. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, first of all, I'll set the table that the only, and one of the reasons why we chose this category to pursue is that the physical security market is, I think, greatly overlooked. Um, and the predominant player has been Kensington Cable. I don't know if you ever remember. They actually, it's like the bike lock cable. You can lock it, your laptop to a cable and wrap it around a leg of a, a desk or, you know, fixed object. Well, they've done over a billion in cable sales, billion with a B in the last 30 years. Well, laptops used to have the little Kensington slot yes. on them. And, and, and over and about half the laptops now do not have that anymore. So that's a pretty big statistic. So we're really the only, and what truly makes us different is that we're the only retrofitting physical security product on the market that can retrofit any laptop or any tablet, no matter where you are. And no one else can say that. And we have a, a very broad uh, patent issued with that. And what, what that means is, guys, is that the product is pretty simple, even though it's taken us many years in the supply chain and a heck of a lot of money and trial and error. Um, at the bottom of your laptop, and this is where we differentiate, is that there's a semi-permanent adhesive, um, a very thin mounted arm that goes onto the bottom of your laptop. Um, let me see if I have one here I could show you on the screen. But um, I'd show you the bottom of my laptop when we're on the video call. But this is basically it in a nutshell. So this, the, you see how thin this is? Mm -hmm. 
So this this part is 3M sticky tape. This goes to the bottom of the lap laptop. That's mounted one time. Now you have to put primer on there. You just put a little like almost like looks like nail polish remover primer. It's super, it's clear. You stick this on. You let it cure for 48 hours. So meaning don't put any force on this. You can use your laptop. Once that's on there, when you want to use the product, you swing this arm out from the bottom of the laptop. So this arm is now out. And then the lap lock will actually clamp down on this and say the table. If, if my phone is the table, it will clamp down uh, to both. And then you would actually press the top part of the lap lock down you hit your lock button. It's like a little combo lock. This is lock, and you're locked and armed. Then on that lock top portion, think of like a keypad at like a locker room, or like um, you know, like an ATM keypad, but much smaller and you know concise. You'd hit your lock code when you want to go back to use it. Three one three for the D, and you're unlocked. You take it off. You you pull the the bottom clamping part down. And that's it. The total time it takes to use the product, like put it on the table and arm it is about three seconds. So it's super convenient and easy for the user. So I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. And I thought I was like, well, I didn't know if it screwed up or it clamps down. But then there's that six digit that totally makes sense to me. The biggest area for, I guess, failure then would be the 3M sticky tape. Um, we've tried, we've tested the heck out of it and I, I will first put the, the, I'll first make the statement with enough time and tools, anything is bypassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any so, car, any, any firewall. If comes in there with a crowbar, a baseball bat and the wax the hell out of this thing, it's going to come off. Now it will be blaring. We have a hundred decibel op- optional alarm. So if you're in a public space like that Panera Bread or a shared office space, it's blaringly loud, and that would deter a thief. Um, if you tried to flip the laptop over and shimmy it off with like a like a razor blade or something like that, the moment you tried to pull that laptop around to, to get to the angle, the alarm would go off, and it's almost impossible to try to get that off. We've tried it many times. Um so I, I, I don't think that's the weakest point. I think there's other components within the, within the product itself that maybe, and we've actually hired a local Detroit um, consultant and they, 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 you know, this guy like oversees, um, I forgot his name, but he oversees like a, a red team division at a big, a, a big VAR in town and he's part of like the Detroit Lock Picking Society. It's something kind of unique and niche. And he beat it up for a few days. And he actually pointed out one of the design flaws, and we we made a correction. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I don't think the bottom three end tape necessarily is the weakest point. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, like I said, I would be the same one that like, well, how you know? And I first thought of that too. Flip it over and razor blade, you know on the tape um you know obviously it's probably better quality than the than the 3m stuff i hang my pictures on in my basement um this is probably you know a tested adhesive versus the primer a- is the magic to the sauce okay okay we, we tried so many times on tape or different locking mechanisms we wanted something that was fully you full utility that could retrofit any device again it's a key differentiator 
So if you like Macs are the most stolen laptop on the market because they're street value. Sure. They don't have lock ports. So what are you going to do? You know, so it's us or nothing. However, we are, we are developing a product, uh, an accessory product called port lock, where if people don't want to use the mounting arm, about 20% of the market doesn't love a um, non-OEM component to the bottom of their laptop. Right. You can actually use your lock port. So we're going to offer that as like a $15 adder um, as an option that it just, instead of the bottom piece, it can use the, um, the lock slot. Okay. And you're, I mean, you currently are in prototype, you're on Indiegogo. When are you looking at, when are you, uh, obviously it says September 22. Is that still accurate or where? Uh, yeah. I'd actually say when that's going to flip, which is probably this week, cause we just closed our campaign Friday. We had $24,000. Uh, we had a five grand goal. So that was a great stretch goal. We were happy with that. Um, and I can tell you some of the bits and bites about working on a crowdfunding campaign. There's a lot more than meets the eye, but, um, yeah, we're really in we're really in production phase. We've uh, we've released tooling, stroke a check for that already. Um, we have our first batch of inventory is getting ordered next week. That's to that's to build the first twenty five hundred units, and then come the fall, like September October, we're actually gonna have inventory on uh, Amazon um, and other major online retailers, and then we're gonna war- work into the B two B side of things uh, this fall and winter at a kind of a larger scale through CDWs and SHIs and insights and through major just distribution. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it says you got what three remaining at 48 bucks. So it's actually a pretty good deal. I wasn't, you know, that's the one thing I was going to ask you what the price point was. Um, it did, was this from, did you get that from cost plus? Did you get this from what's it worth to you? Mr. Consumer, I guess it, where did it, where'd you, where'd you come up with the price point? Cause I'm always intrigued to know how uh, these things are get put out. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of uh, black magic, I'd say. Um, <laughs> you can charge what you get. No, it's it's not. Yeah, really yeah. You know, there's you know, there's a there's actually a, a mathematical equation based on the formula of how many you can sell versus what price point, and it's it's like uh, this this price is an inverse square of uh, there's another part to it. That my dad like loves to say, and I, it's complicated, but I can't remember what it is off the bat, but it's not always apples to apples on the re- coming up retail price point, which is going to be $69.95 to start. And then we may come down. We may offer some lower costs, some premium versions. We're working on a Bluetooth version that's IoT. So you get a text to your phone. That might be like an $89.95. Yeah. We're going to do a college version that's a little bit more stripped down and basic for maybe a $49 or $59.95. And include like a sheet of stickers or with Michigan State Spartans and people can decorate them how they want as kids. So there's a lot of different flavors that we actually have in the portfolio. But, um, you know, with with this, too, it's um, we found that about 35 percent of people said it's reimbursable. And when it's reimbursable as an office, it's a security product. It's an office productivity product, much like a webcam, a mouse, a keyboard, something to make you work a little bit more efficient and easier on the user. It's it's reimbursable by your business. Well, when that happens, the price kind of goes out the window. Well, I can re- I can submit my receipt on expense report, no big deal. And that's right. all part of the reasons in looking at our costs, landed, et cetera, is how we landed on $69.95, knowing we can always run discounts and long-term we'll let the market dictate what the really magic price price point is on this no that's fair see i'm curious i don't know this market 
at all. Um, I've never had anything. I've never had the cable. What has Dell and Samsung and, and Lenovo and all those companies, what have, they, what have they been doing all these years for accessories? Because I know when you buy a laptop, you can, they have a hundred different things you can, for add-ons and, you know, docking stations and this and that. What, what have they been doing all these years? And I guess, you know, is this kind of like a, you know, is this an interesting market for you to open up into, obviously? Yeah. I mean, trust me, we'll go after the OEM game. I don't care what anyone sells, Kensington, and, and Kensington's one of 10 other companies. Now their pat, patent ran up about f- six years ago on the on the cable lock. Okay. And so now you got like 20 companies doing cable locks. That's a very commoditized Me Too product. That's just a cable. And it's, but they sell a ton of them. And um, I haven't found any OEMs like the Dell lock. I haven't seen them doing it. Doesn't mean they don't exist, but I just haven't seen it. And I would, when we're ready, I would love to entertain. I've got connections from my work at BlackBerry Silence to, uh, you know, hell, Silence had a great OEM partnership with Dell. Um, I'll leverage that Rolodex when we're ready and, and knock on those doors and say, hey, Dell, Lenovo, Apple, you want your Apple lap lock and bundle it together for an add on for sure. Right, right, right. No, I'm actually going through specking out an Alienware, like a $2,500 Alienware. I was just curious as to like what they, you know, what you were allowed to, or what they specced in for things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, obviously it's probably going to take me half an hour to get there. I need to, <laughs> there's so much stuff to customize on these. But uh, yeah, I was just curious as to uh, uh, how much like uh, stuff that was available on like Dell. Cause I, you know, you'd assume they, you know, other than the, the cable, I mean, what was the feedback on the cable? Was it just that it's trash or does it, doesn't, suffice the needs what was what was always the feedback on that i think the cable it's our it's kind of an archaic solution it's literally putting a bike lock into a laptop and it's more put it around the bottom of like the table at starbucks and like yes just you can't just drop it down the leg and lift up the table exactly that's first that's the first weak point now people can always say oh you could run out of starbucks with your coffee table (laughs) yeah you could you could. I don't see that being real practical. Thieves want an easy grab-and-go, non-obtrusive solution. So, um, And again, I say this all the time. It's all security, no matter what you say. It's all situational. I, w- I don't leave your uh, laptop with a lap lock on it in the middle of the park in downtown Detroit overnight. Probably not a good idea, no matter how good our lock is. Or, any, or anything for that matter. Or yourself. Or, yeah. or yourself. Or just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, just don't do it. So... But the cable lock, it's been around 30. They came out with it in 90. They sold a ton of them, made a lot of money. And that's, if you, like, I've been to Panera, restaurants, bars, wherever with my laptop. You guys probably have as well. All day. How many times times have you seen someone actually use a cable in that situation? 0.0. Yeah. You lean over to the table next to you and say, hey, can you watch my laptop while I run to the bathroom? Yep. Yep. Now, and now you got to remember, we're going into a shared workspace. So I was actually at Bamboo today down in Royal Oak. Sure. Mm-hmm. 450 members, everyone comes and goes. Uh, we, we're talking about a partnership with them. And now it's a hybrid world. I mean, you know, you go into the office once or twice a week and you're at home and you're, you're, you're kind of wherever. It's a work from anywhere world. And that's what we're catering to. I think the cable played really well into the semi permanent application. Meaning, you know, I was I was at a hotel about a year ago and I walked up at the front desk. It was like midnight. I got in late. 
No one was at the front desk, but they had three laptops on the on the front desk. The person was in the back doing God knows what. Well, they walked up after I like rang the bell and uh, they each of those laptops had a cable attached to it for security. That to me, it, it was a legitimate application for a cable scenario, which is meaning it's semi-permanent. It, you're, they're not moving around the building with those laptops. They're always there. Okay, so it was a cable to somewhere. I'm look. I'm thinking they just like because there's no legs. I'm thinking it's on a desk. It was cable. They somehow mounted the cable underneath. It was like through a desk that had a hole in it, and it went into the ground. They probably had a mount, a little mount arm or something down there that they would have to tie it around. But that's you know, and there's other government and school and military applications. I don't care what you say. If one company has sold a billion dollars in cable sales. They're, they're out there somewhere. I just haven't seen a ton of them. Well, I can see this too, just in medical applications. When you look, we talk about just HIPAA compliance and all that, just that data at risk. I mean, just as like, you know, being an industry cyber, you know, and being in that profession, likewise, myself and IT, like that's, you know, that's gotta, I don't want to, I, I hate the phrase keeps people up at night, but that's gotta be, uh, you know, having that, you know, information out there. I have made my bones in healthcare in this town doing some of the, you know, major, I think we have five of the biggest hospitals um, for endpoint security that have, you know, very good clients, friends of mine. And statistically um, over 40% of healthcare breaches or HIPAA violations in a healthcare scenario have come from a physical loss or stolen device. And I think the big, the big issue is how much did 40%, 40%. I think it's actually like 44 Per Gartner. Yeah. And it gets overlooked a lot. Um, and I think it's because a lot of these like field techs or there's a lot of, you know, a hosp- a huge hospital, you got people going in and out, running around all over and you want access to information and they have carts. If you look at a hospital and they have carts like all over in the hallways and they'll roll these carts around with laptops on them. That that's a great application for our product to put these on these cards. So people aren't just, you know, patient and maybe some of these patients are just, you know, nuts or, you know, people, they're sick people and then you got strangers all over. So yeah, the healthcare application is actually very large. Yep. No so, kidding. So yeah. I'm kind of, when you, you brought up something earlier and I'm dying to dive into it and uh, I wanted to make sure we tackled everything on the, on the product itself, but the crowdfunding, the Indiegogo thing, I never really, Talk, you know, I knew a couple of people, but I never really deep dove onto the process. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's easy. And I, I'm, I'm dying to know how, like, walk me through from, you know, we don't have to tell an hour long story, but walk me through um, yeah. just how, how you get a product out there. Um, does what kind of approval process on prototypes? I'm just, you know, there, I got a hundred questions, but yeah, let's start at the top, just getting started. Sure. And I would throw out the audience, Bob, that I'm a very willing, I, w- I love giving back. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. My dad is a, he was entrepreneur of the year 10 years ago for Automation Alley. And I've learned a lot from him and I'm happy. If anyone on this podcast wants to ping me with an email or a call and hear about my experience, because a lot of people have great ideas, but they don't know where, how to get started. I love giving back to, especially the local community. So I'd put that out there to the audience. Yeah. We'll put your info in the show notes. Yeah. De- definitely love that. Sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've hit and I've bumped my, my head uh, quite a bit along the way. And I'm happy to help someone else not go down some of the same mistakes I've made. But Indiegogo, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, 
And that's the same as Kickstarter. They're the same one. Each has pros, it's con- pros and cons. And basically, for those that don't know, that's just an online platform for new businesses like myself or new products to launch anything. You could launch a screenplay. You could launch the next screwdriver that's got some little weird twist to it. You could launch uh, You could launch almost a, a lot of scooters. There's a lot of like, um, you know, uh, earthy stuff. Like I just saw one guy had a, a solar powered um, unit for campers that was a little better way to, to get solar power to charge your electronics. Um, so we had a nice fit being consumer business, uh, gadgety, um, computer accessory, worker product, worker, remote worker productivity and security is arguably one of the hottest categories. We thought it'd be a great fit. And the response was overall pretty good. However, the last few years, the Indiegogo and Kickstarter, their business is really dying on the vine. Um, because so many companies like ours, but not us, have have fizzled out. So right now, if if we shut our doors next week, Bob, um, we got your money and we're done. Like we don't have to. Sh- we're not obligated to ship product. You're kind of taking a leap of faith that we're gonna. And you like our story. You're a backer, and you want a perk. The perk of being a backer is you get a forty percent discount. You get access to our story. You get to hear the nitty gritty of startup entrepreneur. You just kind of like the product and us in general. That's kind of half of it. We're not, this isn't retail. It's not Amazon. You just don't get, now we do have a return policy, but so you're taking a risk by getting this deal. Well, I don't care what you say. Supply chain, a lot of entrepreneurs just can't cut the mustard. They run out of money. They get tired. They get beat up and they give up. And so many people are jaded towards that now that makes it a really hard sell to say, hey, Bob, new widget, cool remote product for better productivity, better security. You're an IT guy. You kind of get it fairly quickly. But you go, I don't know. I've never bought anything on Indiegogo. Is this going to happen? You know, there's just a lot of reluctancy. So what happens is when you try to advertise on to get new customers, you guys never heard of us before my LinkedIn outreach, that I would have to solicit you through Facebook or Google ads. Well, with newer data privacy laws and the cost to obtain good relevant data has gotten so out of control that we were finding that the cost per customer acquisition launching an Indiegogo ad was like 80 to $90 to sell a $50 product. Guess what? I'm bankrupt real quick on that model. Yeah. So it made no business sense. However, that's what a lot of these big companies are doing. Now, there's other ancillary benefit of growing sales. And even though you're not making profit or even losing some profit. Um, and we, just, I just said, I'm not playing that game. I'll go out. We'll sell 25 grand ourselves, like through LinkedIn, our network. We'll, you know, we'll get creative on our packages. And I'm not going to spend that type of marketing dollars. We ended up spending like two, three grand in marketing and advertising on Google Facebook and like some paid e-blasts. Which isn't bad. It's not bad at all. But most companies, now if I want to do, a, I could do it. We could do a hundred grand sales. That's easy. But I might've spent 150,000 in advertising. Ah, and that's, that's the hook. That's that the people, rub, yeah. That's the rub is that people don't know that when they're getting into that game. However, I think we watch, I think we watch Shark Tank enough where we know, you know, when we, you know, the, 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 
you know, cost of acquisition and all that, I, you know, um, it's kind of in our vernacular just because of that. It's, it's, it's where the rubber meets the road. It's everything you, you know, the cost to uh, acquire and obtain more customers and it's kind of, but it's been kind of nice because it's forced us to pivot a little bit and we're learning as we go. You know, we said, Hey, you know, I, I know, um, some high guys in security at, uh, high up guys, I shouldn't say high guys, <laughs> higher up guys at like a, right. you know, it is legal now. It is legal now, but I don't want to give this guy a, a bad uh, MO. But, um, you know, he, he bought one. He liked the product. He was part of the pilot group. And he goes, you know, we give we, – you know how much we, that company spends on employee productivity, security. You get a new Quicken Loans branded mouse koozie Yeti thing like HR – pours out cash for, um, you know, branded products for its employees. And part of this experience was like, maybe we shouldn't sell onesie twosie on Amazon. We are going to, but boy, why don't we sell, you know, 40,000 of them to Quicken Loans and put the Quicken Loans logo on it and give them a screaming deal and have all their employees have a little bit better security, enable productivity in their branded Quicken Loans. So, it, 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 and that makes good, very good business sense um, going that route. So that's part of the Indiegogo. And I will also say that my last point to that is that we got um, an inquiry from one of the biggest office retail office supply companies in the world. Starts with an O. And um, we are in discussion. And one of the reasons how they found us was through Indiegogo. So right. with a Schmorphus Schmepo, is that how? It's it, it's it's something like that. <laughs> we don't have an NDA signed yet, but uh, you know I got to be a little bit careful. So, said so yeah, they book. found us. They've inquired with us. We've been in dialogue. They want a sample. They want to get serious. They've got holiday season around the corner. They've got a very big B two B presence as well as retail, and they love the category. No, it needed. You know, obviously, it needed a change. And like, it's funny. You always think that everything's been invented and you can't redo anything, and this comes along, and you're like. You know, it's kind of like the V8 thing. You slap yourself on the forehead going, you know, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like hits hits on everything, you know, especially for, you know, I've been Road Warrior for 15 years, you know, working out of every Panera in the Midwest. Yeah. Know, I get it. Trust me. I, you know, I'm the idiot that keeps his laptop in the in the back seat and doesn't put it in the trunk. So I'm a walking, you know, need for this. Yeah. Um, yeah but I was just like the Indiegogo thing. I was just wondering if their vetting process, because, yeah, because your predecessors before you, a few, like, I'm just thinking right now, a few that I gave money to, and I think it was a couple friends, too. I'm completely, like, I never got product. I thought I was going to get something, and I'm like, oh, my God, I never got product for them. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. You, or you forgot about it. It takes so long. So one of the unique points to us was that, yeah, you're going to buy it now. You're going to get within four months. That was, but it, you know, anybody can say anything. So um, you kind of just got to go on the back, the credibility of the, of the, the entrepreneurs, yeah. um, the market, what's the product, is there a need and, um, you know, see where it goes. But it's been tough. We hired a professional agency. They, I mean, from a profitability standpoint, it's a loser. For us, it's been a loser. However, we get a big contract with a major retailer in the U.S. It's, it's a winner because they heard of us through Indiegogo. So right. You know, there's ancillary things. And it's just given us credibility and we're real. And we started sales and earlier on and we're, we actually are raising a round of um, angel money that um, and that just, 
we've already got sales. So that helps all, uh, it all helps. Yeah. Just going through the applications in my mind, it, it, it makes sense on, on probably 10 different levels. So yeah, no, this is a, this is phenomenal. I kind of, uh, you know, yeah, I might, uh, I might snag one, uh, three left, three left on the uh, feature. Well, now it's on Indiegogo on demand. So that actually will be not to diminish sense of urgency, but yeah, three left on that deal for the 48. And then when, you, when they go retail, they're 69.95. So it always um, says three left just to make me go, I gotta have it now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a little bit like that, but, um, so, so that is, so that you can buy them that that campaign like there's no clock on it but they change some of the perks change the price might go up a few bucks but um i was going somewhere else with this you know one of the the things that we found with like indiegogo or in general is that <clears throat> one it's a b2c platform primarily so if you see on there there's there's bundle packs you can buy 50 or 100 you know kind of a tough sell and we sold i think i think we sold a, about a 10 10, 10 packs, um, a couple 50 packs. People are going to give them away as gifts for like employees or clients or like swag, sure. kind of a cool swag item. Um, there's a lot of different applications and use cases. But um, I think what we found is that people don't really know. You know, when I talk to people like yourself, they go, yeah, I've, I've traveled all over and I've been in the Sky Lounge and I, you know, it's kind of a hassle and, you know, Delta. And I've had some people know someone the laptop's still in the cost and hassle. Um, but I, it's, it's kind of challenging because it's a semi new category in security for remote um, work from anywhere, convenience and security taken together. It's never really, it's never really happened. Cause like I said, the cable is the only product and that's been out for 30 years and most people like ourselves in this discussion that are the road warrior or wherever, you wouldn't think of that. It's not Never had one. So yeah. we have this education cost and time to businesses and people say, this is like, this is very convenient and helpful for your daily life and your work life, work life, personal, whatever, try it out. I think once we get it out in the market and you get a few hundred users and Bob's out there and you blog about it, you tag it or whatever, and go, this is actually kind of sweet. I can leave my shit wherever, and I'm out on the you know tiki bar, and I went to go have a drink, you know, whatever. And I think that's when things are going to really roll in in the fall. Tiki bar, you're speaking Randy's language now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, someone brought up a good point. I was looking at actually some of the questions, and they were like, hey, I replace my laptop every 18 to 24 months. Um, yeah. You know, that arm, is, do you just like sell another arm? For like you 10 can, bucks or like, do you, you know, yeah. can you replace it? The arms do come off. Um, so they don't really come off in a theft application without the alarm going off. Like if you flip, if it's attached, it's really, you can't really turn it upside down to like get an angle to take it off. Again, you got a half hour, the alarm blaring. Yeah, you can get it off. Yeah. Um, it's much like. And I actually have an instructional video because this is a common question on Indiegogo of how to get the bottom mount arm off. I did one myself. When the, you're not using your lap lock and you just have your laptop, you flip it upside down. You've got your mount arm and you literally take a razor blade and just kind of like, you know, work around the edges of it. And you kind of start pop. You kind of peel. Oh, there's a zillion people with stickers on the top of your laptop. 
or their laptop cover. It's kind of like that, but you got to finesse it a little bit more and you can pop it off with a, uh, like a butter knife. And I actually have an instructional video. There's a QR code on how to remove that. So if you do have to turn in your laptop to your IT department and they don't want anything aftermarket, um, that's, there is a way to get it off. And there's a little sticky adhesive residue. You got to kind of wipe it off with some Windex or like goof off or something, but it comes off like a sticker. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Ryan, I wish you nothing but success. Uh, definitely keep in touch. I mean, you're only 10 minutes away from me. So, uh, I want to, I want to hear about this thing through its journey. You can find Laplock online at laplok.com. Ryan, you can find him on LinkedIn, Ryan Angot. We're going to put his uh, LinkedIn and everything in on the show notes, but Hey, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for the time spent. I wish you nothing but success. Thanks guys. Really appreciate it. It's been All a right. journey. We're going to wrap things up for this episode 440 of the IT and the D show on behalf of Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.